Chapter One of the Story of Sitka by Clarence Leroy Andrews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Chapter One Discovery. Sitka of the Russians a century ago was the center of trade and civilization on the northwest coast of America, the chief factory of the Russian-American company in the vast and little-known land of the Russian possessions in America. The sales of ships from far-off Kronstadt on the Baltic brought Russian cargoes. The famous clipper-ships of New England made it a stopping place on their way to the China Seas. English traders and explorers visited it on their voyages, and in it was centered the trade of a wide region. It was the chief factory of the greatest rival in the fur trade of the world, with which the Honorable the Hudson's Bay Company, which then was the controlling power in the English fur market, had to contend. The story of Sitka goes back past the middle of the 18th century. There are Russians, Spanish, English, French, and Americans who have woven each their own part of the web of the tale, and the scenes have been as varied and strange as the people. July 16, 1741. A Russian ship stood into a broad harbor on the northwest coast of America. The commander, Captain Alexei Cherikov, had sailed 3,000 miles across the unknown Pacific from the shores of the Okhotsk Sea. Civilized eyes had never before rested on these shores, and he was keen with the excitement of adventure and discovery as he dropped anchor. He sent a party ashore in the ship's longboat to explore, and awaited the result days passed, and no word or signal came, so the remaining boat was sent to recall the party, and it was swallowed up in the labyrinth among the green islands. Signals indicated that it safely landed, but none returned to the ship, although the orders were imperative that both boats return at once. The last boat was gone. Three weeks passed, Captain Chirikov could not reach the shore, and could no longer lie at anchor, so reluctantly and sadly he set his course for the far-off Kamchatkin shores, and sailed away from the port of missing men. Nearly two centuries have passed since the Russian seamen landed, and no word has come from them. For more than seventy years the Russian government sought for some sign of their fate, Tales were told of a colony of Russians existing on the coast, but each, upon investigation, proved but a rumor. There is a dim tradition among the Sitkas of men being lured ashore in the long ago. They say that Chief Anahuts, the predecessor of the chief of that name, who was the firm friend of the whites at Sitka in 1878, was the leading actor in the tragedy. Anahuts dressed himself in the skin of a bear, and played along the beach. So skillfully did he simulate the sinuous motions of the animal, that the Russians, in the excitement of the chase, plunged into the woods in pursuit, and there the savage warriors killed them to a man, leaving none to tell the story. The disappearance of Cherikov's men has remained one of the many unsolved mysteries of the Northland, and their fate will never be known to a certainty. 
the faulty record of the navigation of a time that counted by dead reckoning and without a knowledge of the currents of those seas does not tell us the exact location of the anchorage but beyond a reasonable doubt it was in sitka sound and the russian seamen died at the hands of the sitka kwan of the tlingits in this manner sitka first became known to the white man's world on the sixteenth day of august seventeen seventy five came the royal standard of spain flung to the breeze from the little schooner sonora only thirty-six feet in length under command of don francisco de la bodega y cuadra cuadra was one of the greatest and best of the spanish navigators in the north his voyages are among the most successful of those of the mariners of his nation in the waters of the north pacific ocean and his name was once linked with that of the english commander on the island now bearing the name of vancouver cuadra came from the mexican port of san blas and after many thrilling adventures and grievous hardships he sailed into a broad bay and dropped anchor there was a mountain of which he says of the most regular and beautiful form i had ever seen it was also quite detached from the great ridge of mountains its top was covered with snow under which appeared some gullies which continue till about the middle of the mountain and from thence to the bottom are trees of the same kind as those at trinity he named the mountain san jacinthus and the point of the island that extends out toward the sea cape del engano no one who has looked upon the slopes of the mountain which stands to the seaward from sitka can mistake the description he anchored in what is now known as Crestoff Bay, about six miles northwest from Sitka, and he called it Port Guadalupe. Captain Cook, on his third voyage of exploration in 1778, with the ships Resolution and Discovery, passed along the coast and noted the bay of which he says, An arm of this bay, in the northern part of it, seemed to extend in toward the north, behind a round elevated mountain I called Mount Edgecombe, and the point of land that shoots out from it, Cape Edgecombe. This name supplanted the one given by the Spaniard, and the beautiful cone is yet known by the title he bestowed. The early Russians called the mountain St. Lazaria, assuming that it was the peak seen by Chirikov on his ill-fated voyage of discovery, and so named by him. The small island at the south is still known as San Lazaria Island. Captain Dixon of HMS Queen Charlotte came during the summer of 1787 on a fur-trading voyage. Dixon had just departed from the harbor when Captain Portlock of the English ship King George, which was lying in Portlock Harbor, to the northward in Chickagoff Island, sent his ship's boat through the passage behind Cruzoff Island to about the present site of Sitka, and made the discovery for the civilized world that Mount Edgecombe is on an island. End of chapter 1